Good morning. Welcome to the Australian Early Finance Briefing for Saturday, the 3rd of October. My name's Nick here in Melbourne, starting with a bit of a scandal at the Reserve Bank. Now, the Australian newspapers submitted an FOI, Freedom of Information, request on Peter Tulip, who was a senior economist in the bank, who made a resignation speech back in August, and they've got the transcript. It's quite interesting. So, Mr Tulip says the Reserve Bank is as a dysfunctional decision-making process, and that's led to bad monetary policy decisions being made. He says, it isn't just that I disagree, it's more fundamental. I think the decisions are bad because the processes are bad. There is little deliberation. Opposing views are not taken into account. Decision-makers seem hostile to a consideration of evidence or research. He also goes on to say the RBA board does not understand monetary policy or statistical research and likes to ignore economic evidence when making rates decisions. So he says, our disagreements over the zero cash rate bound or financial stability reflect judgment in the way that disagreements over climate change, the health effects of tobacco or vaccination reflect judgment. It would be more accurate to say that one side respects the research while the other side believes what it wants to believe. So that's the second sort of really negative outcry we've seen in the media in the last week or so with Paul Keating earlier um, mentioning that he sees the, the Reserve Bank not doing enough. And this is, certainly seems to corrob corroborate that. Okay, moving on to SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Companies, which are all the rage on Wall Street at the moment. The website SPAC Insider says that there's been 115 IPOs of SPACs this year, and that's brought in almost $44 billion in proceeds, which is more than the last five years combined. Just a quick primer on SPACs, they're essentially sort of empty shell companies that IPO with the aim of finding an acquisition, typically a tech unicorn that's not sort of ready to IPO itself. And then you know they, they go through that acquisition and sort of in that process, the target company then is able to list without the sort of extreme scrutiny that is seen in the normal IPO process. So now we've just had announced in the NYC a ETF investing in SPACs. So it's called the Defiance Next Gen SPAC Derived ETF. And basically, you know, their statement says, picking the winners of individual SPACs can be very difficult. However, the ETF structure allows investors to access the, more, the most liquid SPAC RPOs in a diversified basket. Now, this ETF, it has 29 holdings with the quarterly rebalance and a expense ratio of 45 bips, 80% of, of its weighting is in the companies that have already IPO'd coming out of SPACs, and then the other 20% is in these newly listed SPACs, so before they've got a company under them. Now, this, this ETF is quite concentrated. Its largest holding is DraftKings, which is about 20%. The other the rest of the top five, which is about 50% of its assets, are Clarivate, Vertiv, Open Lending, and Broadmark Realty. So interesting trend there. And certainly when there's so many sort of entering the market, it doesn't look like 
SPACs are going away anytime soon, and this is a, a good way to really give broad diversified access to that sort of new asset class. And moving to Tesla, the world's largest car manufacturer by market cap, and Australia's most popular US stock in terms of trading volume by Comsec. And it's just announced its quarterly results for the quarter just finished, and it's quite positive. So they beat expectations with 139,300 vehicles sold in the quarter, which was above the 137 expected. Now that's 44% above the same figure last year. And it's also a record quarter for the company. So that's the last quarter was 112,000 back in the last quarter of last year before the pandemic. So this is a positive sign. Obviously they were heavily impacted like everyone by the pandemic with their Fremont, California factory called forced to close by the government and Elon Musk kicking up a fuss there, but that did really affect production. So it's a positive sign. However, the stock's down about 2% this morning and it's probably because as, as the Wall Street Journal says, it's sort of people, Wall Street expects these companies to just blow through expectations and forecasts and they've only just beat here. So moving to the markets now, and the S&Ps only off about 70 bips an hour after open. And that's obviously less than what we saw with the ASX at Friday's, so just before the close, when the news of Trump testing positive to coronavirus came out. So probably based on that, all things equal, the Australian market should correct a bit on Monday upwards. The Australian dollar is a little bit weaker and we've seen the gold not change that much either. So interestingly, it doesn't seem like the market's really responding a lot to, to this sort of rather profound news from the Trumps. That's your early update for Saturday. Have a great weekend and see you next week. This podcast is for investment professionals only and should not be relied upon by private investors. The podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. The values of investments can go up or down, so you may get back less than you initially invest.